Hi, welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who really values a good night's sleep. And that's the topic for today, is sleep. And we have quite the uh, guest in studio right now, Dr. Dan Cohen. Uh, welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Well, thank you, Laura. Yeah. Okay, so the CDC calls insufficient sleep a major public health problem. A third of us aren't getting enough sleep. So why is, why is it a problem that we're not getting enough sleep? Well, actually, in, in, in certain societies, most, most um, developed societies, that number is about two-thirds, not a third. Really? Yeah. So it, it's, it's really quite high, and it's, it's escalated very much so over the past, um, I'd say, 10, 20 years. And much of it is due to stress, believe it or not. Yeah, so do this connection. So how does, if I'm stressed during the day, how does that impact my sleep at night? Well, oftentimes, if you're stressed during the day, your psychology is such that that stress is still bothering you at night, okay? You might only observe it when it's bothering you such that you can't fall asleep. So it it disturbs sleep onset. But the bottom line is, we all wake up throughout the night. And if you start thinking about particularly those things that are bothering you, then that will keep you up. So if you look at sleep and you say, all right, I have to worry about sleep onset. You know, how long is it going to take for me to fall asleep? Because for a lot of people, that's a huge issue. Mm -hmm. And then as we get older, what becomes an even bigger issue is staying asleep. And so it's very common for people to wake up during the night. I mean, and as, as you get older, it even, it's not uncommon to wake up four to five times a night. And that's no longer considered abnormal because it's so common. <laughs> so, so think of it that way. So you have all those times to wake up. And it's not, it's not just because you need to go to the bathroom because, you know, I mean, for some, yes, but not necessarily four to five times a night. So you toss and turn, you wake up. You start thinking, and it's the difficulty in getting back to sleep, you know. And there are, there are other issues that predispose to that as we age. So you've got quite the background um, in this topic. You've been active in this for a long time. So tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I got into sleep uh, inadvertently, actually, in terms of from a commercial standpoint, from, from developing products. I mean, but I got into it even a little bit before that because in my neurology training um, in the, uh, here at the University of Minnesota, uh, we had sleep labs, and so we studied sleep. So that was part of my training uh, initially. And then um, when we started CNS way back in 1982, our first product was a brainwave monitor to help prevent strokes during high-risk surgery. But that didn't go too well, and we had this really nice hardware that looked at brainwaves. So it wasn't hard to leverage that hardware and say, you know, all we have to do is bring in some other signals, eye movements, chin muscle activity, because you use those signals with brainwaves to do sleep staging, to look at the different stages of sleep. And then you also look at respiratory activity if you're concerned about sleep apnea. You look at leg movements for periodic leg movements during sleep. So we could pull all of that information into our equipment and so we, we then took the technology we made for the brainwave monitor and turned it into the first automated sleep disorder diagnostic equipment. 
So sleep disorder diagnostic equipment in the 1980s. And at that time, there were very few sleep clinics. And of course, now people are very familiar with that. So that was one of your businesses. Um, and then what were some of the other businesses associated with that company? Well, after we got that business established, so we were, we were a successful capital medical equipment business because all of that was regulated by the FDA. And yes, you are absolutely correct. When we got into that business, there were only 300 sleep labs in the world. When we left that business, there were over 4,000, you know, many of which, you know, and, and the growth of which occurred due to our equipment because we allowed for much faster uh, diagnostic assessment. So it made it much more convenient. But um, so after, after that business became stable, um, a person came in, an inventor came in and showed me something that I just fell in love with right away. It was, <clears throat> excuse me, what my board of directors called a nose band-aid. <laughs> it was Bruce Johnson, who's a, a, a local St. Paul native, uh, came in with a Curad band-aid with a piece of plastic glued on top of it. And he says, you just put it over your nose like this, and then it, <laughs> it, you know, the ends spring out, and it opens up your nostrils, and you can breathe more easily. Well, I just loved that concept. I said, this is brilliant. And so I licensed it, and we launched that, you know, a couple of years later after we got FDA clearance as the Breathe Right nasal strip. Breathe Right. So a lot of people, of course, would be familiar with that. Um, and then you sold that company. Yes. Yeah, that was sold in 2006 to GlaxoSmithKline. Okay. But since then, you have had this passion about sleep um, for decades. You know, I have, but but believe it or not, you know, I started another company in 1990s, uh, at the very end of 1996, and it was not dedicated to sleep per se. It was dedicated to something that I learned in medical school that really bothered me. I mean, w one of the facts that I walked away with was, you know, 75 to 90 percent of medical illness is either due to or worsened by stress. And so I would ask my professors, well, if it's such a big number, why aren't we doing more to solve this problem? And, and imagine how we could lower the cost of stress uh, or dis disease medicine entirely. Uh -huh. And, you know, we could, how many diseases could we prevent if, if we could fix stress and ameliorate that? How, how many uh, mental problems could we do away with? And just general consumer problems. Everybody suffers from this. Yeah, let's just reduce stress. Right. So we started this other business to investigate means of alleviating stress that were, you know, non-invasive, safe, and hopefully easy to do. And as a neurologist, I knew of two mechanisms that we could approach the problem with you know, one was called habituation, which, you know, you reduce the effect of, of the, your sensations so that the brain quiets down. And, and the other was entrainment, where you actually try to cause certain nerves to fire a certain way, which was a lot trickier. And, you know, and there was very little known about that. And so there was no, no good practical ways of doing it, but we understood it scientifically as a mechanism of action. And so we, we first focused on habituation. We ended up building technology that produced sound and vibration. It was very comfortable. We we've cre created them in the form of chairs. And we were able to put people into very deep states of relaxation. 
that was very profound. And over and we, we did a lot of testing and we established the fact that we not only could get rid of stress, but we could get rid of stress-related illness. But there was a big problem, and that was usage. People had to devote roughly three hours a week to this. And stressed people are stressed typically because they don't have that much time. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, we had made this technology. We proved that it worked beautifully, but people couldn't develop or devote the time to it. So we realized, you know what, this is not going to be successful. So then we started looking at the entrainment mechanism of action and how could we do this. And it was really difficult. We, we, We tried a number of things with electromagnetism and trying to impact nerves. We knew that electricity, you know, could get at nerves and and cause them to fire certain ways, but that was an invasive process. You know, you're not talking about a simple, you know, procedure there. It wasn't, it's nothing you could offer the consumer, you know, and it was something that would require, you know, surgery in many instances. So that wasn't practical either. And um, after uh, a bunch more experimentation and a little luck, we happened upon the fact that, you know, using magnetism at these extremely low frequencies that were below the level of brain waves, we could actually affect a change. And, and you know, it, it took us the better part of 10, 15 years of experimentation to get to this point. And then we realized as we were getting people into profound states of relaxation, we were also putting them to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then as we thought about it, we said, you know, that's probably the way to approach this whole issue. Because if you could use this technology while people were sleeping and to help them sleep, they would also gain the other stress reduction benefits because, and they wouldn't have to devote any time to it. So we decided, you know what, let's first focus on making a technology that would be good for sleep. I mean, that, from a business standpoint, let's face it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a mammoth market anyway, but now you're, you're, you're basically, you know, solving two issues with, with one solution. So that's what we started to do. Now, okay, so, so tell us briefly about the product, and it's, it's going to be on the market. It's not quite there yet, but tell us a little bit about the product that you're going to have on the market soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most people would probably understand it if I explained the wearable part first, mm-hmm. you know, because those things are readily available. You know, you see Apple, Fitbit, Garmin, Whoop, Aura Ring, and, and there are others that, that have mostly wrist wearables, And what they do to look at sleep is they look at heart rate variability. They may look at motion, you know, as well. And in addition, some of them also have measurements for uh, blood oxygen levels. It's pretty good because it tells you a lot of information. You know, unfortunately, you don't get the level of sleep staging accuracy as you get with a sleep lab. But... For consumer purposes, you get a pretty good idea. So you get a little sleep lab, lab on your wristwatch. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so we're, we're, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. We're talking with Dan Cohen, and we're going to be back. We're going to be talking, we're talking more about sleep and health and stress, and it's all connected to food, too. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. <laughs>
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and with us is the founder and inventor of Solitech Health. Um, you can find that at solitechhealth.com, uh, Dan Cohen. And Dan, when before we went on break, we were talking about um, the new product that you're going to have on the market soon. And one of the familiar things that it has is a like a wristwatch that will monitor someone's sleep. Exactly. And, um, you know, before we made ours, uh, I, I actually – uh, had contacted the, the, some of the companies that already had wearables out on the market because I thought that since we already had worked on the therapeutic aspect of it at that point, I thought we would just team up with them. But I told them what I wanted in terms of the level of technology in the wearable, and they said, you know, we can't do that. And I, and I said, well, of course you can. You've got good engineers. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, you, said you, you just don't want to do it, right? And they said, no, 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 trust me. We would love to do it, but we can't. And I said, why not? He said, well, the calculations that you're asking for are take up essentially too much processor time and too much battery time. And we can't devote that much to that application because we're doing so many other things with our wearables. And I said, all right, fine. I said, we'll just make it ourselves then. And so we ended up making a wearable that could look at those parameters that I mentioned, but do it in more detail so that um, we could get a more accurate sleep assessment because our, our desire was to say, okay, we know exactly where you are in your sleep pattern in th that moment while you're asleep. And we needed to know that because we needed to tell the, the magnetic conditioner that sits under your bed what frequencies to put out to enhance the specific stage of sleep that you're either in or moving into. So, okay, so now tell us about this new sleep system that you have. How does it work? Right. Well, you know, this is called the Soltec Sleep Enhancement System. So we call it Soltec SES. And in essence, what this does is you've got this magnetic generator that sits uh, – either by the foot of the bed on the floor or under the bed, you know, under your feet. And this puts out specific, very low frequencies that we've discovered affect different stages of sleep, okay? So, for instance, you know, a lot of people don't know that much about sleep, but, uh, you know, people think, well, I fall asleep and I slept this amount of time and, and that was that. But... Uh, there are lots of very significant factors involved with how well you sleep. And so you have to dissect sleep a little bit more and get down to the different stages of sleep. So for instance, you're awake when you lie down and you get into bed, and then you drift off into sleep. And so you go through a short period of drowsiness, and then you move into light sleep, okay? Well, those aren't restorative. Okay, those, those stages. And then if you're a healthy sleeper, a normal sleeper, you're going to drop down into what we call deep sleep or delta sleep. Okay, and during this stage of sleep, a lot of really healthy things happen that are very important to the body. Okay, this is where you know, growth hormone is secreted. This is where you get cell regeneration. You even get DNA repair in this stage of sleep. You get clearance of beta amyloid plaque from your nerve cells that, you know, causes Alzheimer's disease. People that get good delta sleep or good amounts of sleep have far less cancer, cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you think about physical health, correlate that with good delta sleep, good deep sleep, all right? Here's the problem. About 25% of your night's sleep when you're 20 years old is deep delta sleep. By the time you reach your mid to late 40s, you've already lost 60 to 70% of your deep sleep. By the time you reach 70, you know, you might have 10, 15, 20%, 80, you've pretty much lost it all. So you have a device that can help people get the deep sleep. That sounds kind of even hard to believe. Um, you bet. We couldn't believe it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we were doing testing on it, you know, in, in our lab and saying, is this really true? <laughs> and so I took it to, uh, you know, because we were in the sleep lab business before, I had a lot of friends who had sleep labs, you know, and I knew them well and had done research with them for decades. So I called one of them up, the Dr. Scharf, you know, who was, uh, you know, in Cleveland at the time. And I said, Marty, I said, um, I think we can produce Delta Sleep. And he says, no way. <laughs> and he says, bring it down. He says, let's see it. So I said, all right, let's, let's set up uh, four patients for early morning nap studies because nobody, after a night's sleep, you don't, it's hard to go back to sleep, let alone you never go into delta sleep because delta sleep happens in the early part of the night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not only did we put all four people to sleep, but three of them also went into delta sleep. So how does how, how does your machine work? How how does it put someone into delta sleep? Well, if you if you think about it, and, I, and now I'm going to take you back, you know, 400 million years. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll go All back right. 400 million uh, uh, years. That sounds right. good. Okay. When when the animal kingdom was just starting to develop, right? It it was developing in the presence of the Earth's magnetic field. All right. Mm-hmm. And remember, the nervous system is electromagnetic, all right? It, mm-hmm. it responds to that, and it operates at low frequencies. I mean, typical brain waves go down as low as half a hertz, which is half a cycle per second, to roughly about 40 cycles per second. Those are the different ranges for brain waves. But in our research, you know, we learned that the autonomic nervous system, which is the really much more primitive part of the nervous system, which automatically regulates all the organs and a lot of the functions of your body, that operates at even very lower, much more lower frequencies than, you know, 0.5 hertz. That goes down all the way to 0.003 cycles per second up to about 0.4. And within that range, there are specific smaller bandwidths that actually control the different um, stages of sleep, like delta sleep and, and dream sleep, for instance. And so we found that by generating those waves and surrounding the body with those frequencies, again, at the same strength as the Earth does. And the Earth puts out these micropulsations at these frequencies, but, you know, Obviously, it's not timed to your specific needs, right? Mm-hmm. And so we could, you know, with our wearable and our generator, we could do that. We could say, okay, this is when this person would really benefit by these particular frequencies. 
And so then we would give it to you, and that's when we would see that, yeah, if you are moving into delta sleep, for instance, and we give you those frequencies, we can produce a lot more delta sleep and deeper delta sleep. And that was key, particularly for me. I mean, I was already in my, at the time we were doing this testing, I was in my late 60s. And my sleep had been so poorly disrupted by then, I had almost no delta sleep. I was one of those people who lost delta sleep earlier. And um, we're going to take a bit of a break, and we're talking about sleep on this issue of uh, this segment of Food Freedom Radio. And with us is Dr. Dan Cohen, and he has a new solution for sleep. It's not quite on the market. It will be soon. But um, So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. So come and turn me loose. Ain't got no time. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who really appreciates a good night's sleep. Good night's sleep, reduced stress, um, so important for our vitality and our health. Um, with us in studio right uh, today is Dr. Dan Cohen. And uh, in the 1980s, his company um, uh, w- manufactured a lot of the sleep lab equipment, and that was in the 1980s. They also developed something called Breathe Right, and then also Fiber Choice um, chewable tablets. Um, so that company got sold. And since 1996, <laughs> um, he formed, um, founded uh, Round River Research, and he's been looking at sleep. So kind of that was, that's the deep background, but tell us about your, the new machine that will be on the market um, in not too long. Well, in this machine is a combination magnetic generator, which puts out the frequencies that supplement, that, that essentially enhance the different stages of sleep and improve sleep overall in terms of helping you get to sleep faster, stay asleep, and have much higher quality of sleep. Okay, that's what that does. And, and as, I, as I started to discuss earlier, in terms of my own needs, this was something that was vitally important to me because my sleep had already degenerated to where I was only sleeping three to four hours a night. And I would typically wake up after three to four hours to go to the bathroom, and I I would go to the bathroom and say, you know what, I'm not even tired. I can't even bother trying to go to sleep at this point. And so I was literally surviving on three to four hours a night sleep, which is extremely unhealthy. And it was, it was forcing lots of naps. Is it, is it unhealthy for everyone? Because I've heard some people can do that. I mean, sleep is very personalized. Um, actually not. I mean, the, yeah. the, the medical studies show that if you're sleeping less than six hours a night, your risk of all sorts of illnesses goes up dramatically, and you will live a shorter life. I mean, this is this is pretty much incontrovertible. I know, I know there are a lot of people who say, yeah, I get by with a lot less, but guess what? You know, when they're tested, they're really sleep-deprived. So you've been using this new machine now, and tell us about your particular results. Yes, and so, you know, now remember, when I started using it, I was using various different prototypes because we were developing the technology and learning from our developments in terms of how it was progressing and, and the technology that is and what we needed to do to improve it. And so as the technology got better and better, I started to see more and more delta sleep in my own sleep pattern. And that was very helpful because it's that delta sleep that you get typically during the first half of the night 
that helps you sleep the back half of the night. Mm -hmm. So delta sleep produces a phenomenon that we call sleep inertia, mm -hmm. okay? And so, you know, prior to this, I would get up after three to four hours, go to the bathroom, and feel wide awake. After this, I would still get up to go to the bathroom, but I would be so tired that I'd have no problem falling back to sleep. That's the so-called sleep inertia effect. And so that was really helpful. But the other major benefit that occurred for me was I was sleeping longer and most of our dream sleep, our rapid eye movement sleep happens in the back half of the night. And I was missing a lot of that. And that's very important for emotional and mental health. And so now I was sleeping long enough to get that sleep. So I went from sleeping three to four hours a night to sleeping on average about seven hours a night, you know, over the years as we perfected the equipment. And so if people want to find out about it, they can pre-order right now. But um, mm -hmm. what, what is the product like? And Yeah, the, the, the product is essentially this magnetic generator that's uh, – you, you see a nice picture on, on the website, uh, Soltech Health. That's S-O-L-T-E-C health.com. And, and it's about 19 inches long, uh, 7 inches wide, and 6 and a half inches high, weighs about 15 pounds. And that, that goes under your bed. And it's totally quiet, so you don't hear anything when that's on. So it doesn't disturb your sleep at all. And you wear a typical wearable. You know, you wear our wearable, which is tracking your sleep and analyzing it in real time. And that provides what we call real-time sleep stage enhancement. So the wearable knows what stage of sleep you're in. It will provide, it, it tells the generator what frequencies to put out. So it's making adjustments throughout the night whenever it needs to to basically supplement and strengthen your levels of sleep. Wow. I mean, it's, it seems like something that could just be changed people's lives tremendously. Now, the, the first ones are expensive. These are, they are, it, it is an expensive piece of equipment. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about sure. that and sure. the manufacturing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is not your typical, you know, just throw on a wearable and, and, and that's it. I mean, the generator costs a lot of money for us to make. And so the, the price of the system, when it, when it goes on, you know, on the market uh, routinely, it'll be $1,500. Although right now you can get it for $1,000 if you pre-order. So uh, I would recommend if you have an interest, now's the time to go to the website. But um, as we move into higher volume manufacture, I'm, I'm sure over time that that price will come down. And... And quite frankly, uh, in talking with people, uh, I think there'll be a lot of purchases at that price because we already have a lot of purchases. <laughs> well, okay, so let's let's just talk a little bit about sleep in general, because again, you've been studying this for a long time. Uh, why does why do humans even need sleep? Well, the body doesn't do well without a recharge. Okay, plain and simple. You know. There are so many systems within the body that need that period of quiescence and rejuvenation, okay? And that's what delta sleep does in terms of the physical body. So, so for instance, um, if you don't um, get enough sleep, one of your systems that moves out of regulation very, very quickly, like if you're sleep-deprived for one week, um, the hormones that regulate uh, diet, for instance, uh, leptin and ghrelin in the gut, 
um, they become dysregulated. And many people, after just a week of being sleep deprived, will move into a pre-diabetic condition. Okay, Th that's how quickly, you know, things start to move out of whack. So talk more about the connections between sleep and food. Okay. Um, well, th there's a lot of things you want to avoid in terms of food. You, you don't want to eat too late at night. You know, you want to be able to fall asleep and, and, and not have – and have digested, you know, your food. You know, you certainly want to avoid caffeine and alcohol. I mean, caffeine will prevent you from falling asleep. Alcohol may help you fall asleep, but, you know – Typically, four or five hours later, it'll wake you up. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so th those are some of the key problems, you know, uh, issues that, that you'll have with, with food. Um, otherwise, a, a good healthy diet does not have that dramatic an impact on sleep. However, if you're not sleeping well, your food choices tend to be a lot worse. Okay. You, you end up snacking on foods that you ought not to be eating. And why would that be? Um, well, nobody knows for sure. But uh, first of all, a lot of convenience foods are, are not the healthiest. And so mm -hmm. if you're sleep deprived, you're less likely to take the time to prepare a good meal. You're also more apt to snack. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, the typical snacking foods some people who are very disciplined and very health conscious might snack on some carrots and celery <laughs> or, or maybe some healthy fruit. Uh, but a lot of us will reach for a candy bar. Or some or, chips or uh, yeah. crackers and that stuff. <laughs> exactly. And, and so that's very unhealthy. So what is normal sleep? Well, normal sleep is, I mean, if you, if you really want to look at normal sleep, you're talking about seven to eight hours of good sleep. Okay. Now, when I say that, there's a big disconnect that occurs. People say, okay, fine. You know, I went to bed at 11 o'clock and I woke up at 6 a.m. So I got seven hours. No, that is not the case. It, that might be the case if you're a young, healthy four-year-old. <laughs> okay. But as we age, you can pretty much look at that and say, probably 45 minutes of that seven hours, you were awake. Mm -hmm. It took you a certain amount of time to fall asleep. You didn't, you didn't jump out of bed necessarily the moment you woke up. And you probably had three to five or six awakenings during the night and didn't necessarily fall right back to sleep, you know, with each of those awakenings. So when you add up, I mean, when I look at my sleep last night, um, I was in bed. I mean, my recording time last night was just under eight hours, okay? I think it was seven hours and 56 minutes, mm -hmm. to be precise. But my time asleep was exactly seven hours, mm -hmm. okay? So I lost the better part of an hour, you know, where I was not asleep. So, so the key is, if you're going to plan for seven or eight hours of sleep, you really need to plan for eight or nine hours of bedtime, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. And that's most people, that's lost on most people. Okay. You know, so, so, so let's just say seven to eight hours of actual sleep time is very healthy. We know from numerous medical studies that were conducted on, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of patients over the years. These are, these are very uh, 
big, long-term studies that were conducted over 20, 30 years. If you're, on average, sleeping, not in bed, but sleeping, you know, less than six hours a night, so you could be in bed six and a half, seven hours, but still be sleeping less than six hours, your chances of cancer typically go up, you know, fourfold, you know. You, you have a much higher risk of cardiovascular disease, coronary artery disease, hypertension, obesity, diabetes, dementia, now, all of these problems, and also your immune health is much worse. So you're much more predisposed to infection. So give us just some general tips on uh, improving our sleep hygiene. Well, one is, like I said, plan for being in bed long enough to get seven plus hours of mm -hmm. sleep, all right? Another very important tip is, and this is, this is really hard to follow, try to go to sleep at the same time, roughly the same time every night. You know, we have a circadian rhythm that predisposes sleep at a particular time for each of us. You wanna honor that to the best you can. And it, it gets to be somewhat impractical, you know, during weekends, for instance. It's like, wait a minute, I don't have to work tomorrow morning. I, you know, I wanna enjoy myself, I wanna stay up later. And okay, granted, but the best you can try to go to sleep at about the same time. You know, another thing that I tell people often is, don't go to bed unless you're tired. And then, but here, here's, here's a, a caveat. You know, a lot of people will say, yeah, you know what? Okay, I'm getting tired. Now I'm going to go to bed. And that's great. That's what I just told them to do. But they go into the bathroom. They turn on the bright lights. <laughs> they wash their face. They brush their teeth. They floss. And, you know, all of a sudden they're wide awake again. Uh -huh. Okay, so they just woke themselves up. So one of the things that I recommend people do is half an hour to an hour before going to bed, get ready for bed. Get ready for bed before you go to bed. Exactly. Okay, so we're going to take a break. We're talking with Dr. Dan Cohen, and we're going to talk more about sleep tips on uh, Food Freedom Radio and AM 950. I'm going to ask about melatonin and all those other drugs as well. So, uh, again, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio and AM 950. I'm Laura Hedlund with Dr. Dan Cohen. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and I'm with Dr. Dan Cohen. And before we went on break, um, we're talking about sleep today on Food Freedom Radio. Um, but tell us about, like, the melatonin and other sleeping pills. Yeah, melatonin is a, is a common... Uh, commonly discussed topic when it comes to sleep. And um, what, what, what people don't realize is melatonin actually naturally does not produce sleep. You know, and that's, it's somewhat misleading because it's, it sort of regulates our circadian rhythm, okay? So we, we get tired at night, we're awake during the day, and people think, well, that's all due to melatonin. Well, melatonin is associated with that, but it's not causative in the process. So what happens is um, there's a, a little area of the brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. it's, it's towards the front of the brain, but it's deep in the middle of the brain. And that's what's regulating the circadian rhythm. And when what that does is it, it tells the the pineal gland, hey, it's, it's, time, it's, it's time for somebody to go to sleep now. 
and and so the pineal then puts out melatonin but melatonin does not induce sleep melatonin just signals to all the other brain centers that hey you know what this is the time when it's dark outside and not light <laughs> okay that's really all it does and then other things regulate and so when people say i take melatonin to help me sleep uh, guess what that's not really going to help that much and and one one of my little pet peeves is um, I saw a parent and they just routinely give their little kids this melatonin. And you go in the stores and it's marketed for little kids. And that just seems to me like, I don't know, it just feels, it just makes me quiver. Well, melatonin is not regulated by the FDA, number one. And so uh, there's, a, there's a problem. And if you, look at, if, if you look at all the different brands and you subject them to um, – uh, assay to determine how much melatonin is actually in it, there's a huge discrepancy. So they're not even consistent in terms of dosing, okay, number one, okay, that's a, just a technical issue because um, there have been a number of good scientific studies looking at the efficacy of melatonin in terms of inducing sleep and, and maintaining sleep, and guess what, there's next to no benefit. So, you know, scientifically, it's not even proven to help with sleep, which makes sense because it actually is not, I mean, the brain doesn't generate it for that purpose, hmm. okay? So, so that's not helpful. Where it is helpful, it's if you're traveling east and there's jet lag, you know, it, our bodies will adjust an hour per day, you know, and so melatonin has been shown to offer some help in that adjustment. Well, that's exactly how I've used it, is if I'm traveling or something's going on, and it does seem to help relax me yes. a little bit. So, And everyone's health is certainly personalized, and you know what everyone does is a little different. So we only have about five minutes left, and I, I kind of want to, um, let's go over your story again, because you something happened when you were 15 years old, which made you decide to be a neurologist. So you want to talk about that? And Yeah, I... I my mother gave me a book, uh, an autobiography of a yogi, Paramahansa Yogananda. And I read that book and talk about things that are hard to believe. <laughs> I mean, I found that hard to believe, but I was totally hooked. And I said, you know what? I said, I either want to become a neurologist or a psychiatrist, you know, because I want to study brain versus mind. And then when I got into medical school and I looked into it deeper, I said, you know what? Let's start with the basics. Let's start with neurology. And, and learn the brain. And so that's what I did. And in, in the process, I learned a lot of other things, you know, between that and other things I was exploring. And um, that really helped me understand that there really is a difference between brain and mind. And in medicine, eh, this is sort of taboo to discuss. I mean, you know, in, in medicine, the dogma is all mind comes from brain. But in, in, in my research and in my exploration, I don't believe that for a second. Well, I'm reading a book called Entangled, uh, Entanglement, but it's all about the intelligence of microbes. And it's mm -hmm. sort of like, we don't really know. I mean, humans, there's a reason, let's all be humble because we really don't understand that much. Um, and so, but um, in, the, in the 80s, you started, you started a, a company um, and it was pr making all the uh, sleep lab equipment. So mm -hmm. that, was, that was the company. And then you also founded a product called Breathe Right and yep. Fiber Choice. So, yep. um, and so now you're starting, you, you've been working on this for a long time and it's had its challenges. Oh, it has. It's been, this has been um, very, very difficult to complete. And we're finally now 
you know, we're, we're ready to launch the product. We're, we're running a special now uh, until Labor Day, and then it, it, it goes on sale. Or, you know, it, it's, it's available to purchase right now over the website, but, you know, to sign up for it. Um, but, um, but then, it, you know, we'll start delivering product in September, and, um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And so what type of feedback have you gotten so far? Um, what type of trials have you done, and uh, well, how do you done, know if your product works? We've done, um, you know, some small studies that uh, shown nice efficacy uh, in, in all aspects of sleep in terms of easier to fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep longer. You know, so that's been very nice. Um, and we have a, a group of about 15 people who've been using it long term. And that's been very helpful to follow those people and to make adjustments. And um, so we've got we've we have it to a point now where it's going to produce good results. I think for you know pretty much everybody, because you know sleep comes from such a primitive part of the brain. If this part of the brain wasn't functioning, it would be hard for you to be alive. So you know we're operating at that level. So I think this is going to be a very very efficacious technology. Are there any dangers? We haven't encountered any, and one would not expect so. We, we've seen some very positive side benefits that occur because there are two divisions, two major divisions of the autonomic nervous system, parasympathetic and sympathetic. Sympathetic is known for fight or flight, mm-hmm. so when you're threatened, and that increases your blood pressure. And think of, think of these like a seesaw. If parasympathetic is active, sympathetic is low. And if you're threatened, sympathetic goes high, or if you're stressed, sympathetic is high, parasympathetic is low. What we can actually do and what's necessary for these different stages of sleep is to stimulate the parasympathetic division, which is the health-promoting and rejuvenating part. And so we're actually lowering stress in the process. And, you know, people that uh, purchase this unit can use it for that as well, you know. And it's nice because they don't have to devote time to it. They just turn it on. It would be so interesting to see, I mean, um, to see if this takes off because talk about, um, uh, I mean, I could see uh, uh, just right now it's just like it seems like everyone's so freaked out and we're so, you know, life is so precious and we kind of have all this anxiety in our systems. And so if we can just slow ourselves down, um, it would be a better world. Oh, absolutely. And and that's exactly what this does. And that's, that's actually one of the side benefits. As you wake up after a good night's sleep, and this has been stimulating the parasympathetic division of your autonomic nervous system, you are relaxed. You are relaxed. Yeah, that's what I want. I want relaxed. So um, this is spelled S-O-L-T-E-C-H, techhealth.com. Well, um, thank you so much, Dr. Dan Cohen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. No, no, no.